You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Life and immortality is the title of this devotion. Immortality, of course, means you cannot die. You live eternally. And this is one of the great attributes of the divinity of God, that He is eternal. Thou art God, the eternal one. The Lord has no beginning or no end. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nineteen times in the book of Hebrews is this part of the divinity of God uh, used the statement of eternal life or everlasting life. And it is one of the most important parts, especially for us who live in a body of death. The Bible calls this body a body of death. And it doesn't take much common sense to realize that this body is dying. Or as it would say in what is it, 2 Corinthians 4.16, that while the outer man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed day by day. Therefore, we do not look at that which can be seen, the temporal body which is dying away, but we look at what cannot be seen that is eternal. And I find this very important because it is one of the fundamental gifts that we receive through Jesus. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you read the Gospel of John and his first epistle, it is the main theme. It begins in his epistle. 1 John chapter 1, the life that was with the Father according to the Word, it was manifest to us. We've seen it, touched it, embraced it. Eternal life that was with the Father was now manifest with us, to us. John chapter 1, in Him was life, and the life was the light of man, giving light to every man coming in the world. John chapter 1. So it is the main theme of the gospel that we are given eternal life. Why is it essential? Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, it says in Romans, I think, the third chapter. So I want to talk about this, and there's this amazing, powerful scripture right here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting at verse 9, okay? Verse 9 and verse 10. Who has revealed God, who has revealed to us and called us? No, again. God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Again, I'm going to say it again. It's it's. 
I'm tempted to want to unpack all of that because each statement is so powerful. God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, the calling in itself is holy and to holiness, to a life of holiness, not according to our own works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The good news that I am so grateful to have the privilege to share with you in all these devotions is the life that cannot die. For me, as a minister, if anybody would ask me, Pastor Robert, what is the most important thing you look for in preaching? To give people life. Absolutely. To me, that highly supersedes knowledge. Absolutely. The life, and if you would ask me, what, what life? The life of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. This is the gospel. This is the power of the gospel that we are able through the gospel to make known this life. While I'm saying these things, I feel the Holy Spirit welling up in me because this is what the Holy Spirit bears witness of, the Son of God, the life that He has with the Father as the Son of Man and the Son of God. He now gives into us by His Holy Spirit so that as He lives, we may live also. This is the wonder of Christianity, dear friends. This is the very purpose for which Jesus came into the world. And this is what He calls in John chapter 5 and in John 14, the greater works. And that is in Hebrews perfectly described of His heavenly high priestly ministry after the order of Melchizedek, that He ministers in the power of an eternal life of sonship. So the life that He imparts is a life of perfect sonship that has all of the Father in it and all of the Son and the Holy Spirit, the life that He imparts into us. Oh, we're going to talk about this this week and next week. I'm so looking forward to this. I've so been longing to share this because, friends, it burdens my soul. It really does, in, in, not in a harsh way, not in, an, in a detrimental way, but it pains my soul when I meet Christians and they don't know this life. I mean, really, it is the fundamental fountain that gives us the consciousness that we are Christians. Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, if you drink of the water that I give you, and he called it living water, he said, yes, you'll never thirst again, but he says, it will become in you like a fountain that springs up to eternal life. Oh, it just springs up with the consciousness of the life that cannot die and of the life that is eternal. And this is known, made known through the gospel, and that's been God's purpose before anything was created, that we may embody the eternity of eternities, that we have living within these earthen vessels, the glory of the life of the Father and the Son, that we have this glory through the Holy Spirit manifesting in us 
And that life is like the light. It is the light. It is the light of God. The Bible calls it the light of life. And in John 5, if I could take you there for a second, Jesus says something that took a hold of me so many years ago. And it's always kind of stuck with me because this is something that I've always longed for and daily longed for and pray for. I really do daily because I, this life is what upholds me, sustains me. This life is what keeps me in communion with the Father. One of the things I'm going to talk to you about new, next week is the new life-giving way. Oh, I can't wait to share it with you. The new life-giving way of the nature of the Son of God in us that gives us now perfect access and acceptance in the presence of the Father and that through that life of Christ in us, we now boldly are able to enter in and live in communion with our loving Heavenly Father. I mean, folks, I couldn't live without it. I, I, for me, it is every day that the door is open. Christ Jesus, His life is the door to the Father's loving heart. And through that, His life in us, we have access into the Heavenly Father's loving heart. And, and, and His goodness and mercy is unveiled to us. And we live in this sweet communion with our loving Heavenly Father. And this is the great joy of Jesus in heaven to minister what He enjoys in the Father's presence in all of its fullness and beauty of glory and holiness into us so that as He lives, we may live also. This is the very joy of Christianity where we live in absolute, absolute freedom from sin. And I know this is a mystery. It's a mystery I'll never forget. Many, many years ago, Many years ago now, probably 15 years ago, I don't know, I was preaching in the city of Akriam in Iceland, the nation of Iceland. Akriam is uh, a short flight from uh, Reykjavik, the capital city of uh, Iceland. It's a university city, university town. It's a very beautiful, lovely little town. And there's this church that's been there for a very long time. And it had, in those days, suffered some really painful splits. And, uh, and the people were wounded and I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. And I came there to preach on the Saturday night and the Sunday morning. And, and I was amazed that the place was packed out on the Saturday night. I mean, there was no room left for anybody. And so on. And the Lord Jesus gave it into my heart to speak about this gospel that Jesus Christ abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. And that is now made manifest through the gospel that we are given. So I was preaching about this life that cannot die, this life that is eternal, this life that knows no sin, this life that never falls short of the glory of the Father, this life that is perfect communion with the Father, perfect fellowship with the Father, perfect sonship in it. All of the Father is in it made manifest for all of the Father is given into the Son. He is the heir of all things. And that has been the great desire and purpose and plan of the Father before He made the heavens and the earth. It's the beauty of why we were made, the wonder and the excellence of why He made us. And I am just so full of the love and the joy of the Holy Spirit sharing this. And then I felt, stop, stop. As in, you know, I'd spoken for about 35, 40 minutes and I felt, stop. In other words, you fed people. Jesus said, he who feeds on me shall live because of me. You fed people and you feel, okay, that's it. They've had enough. So I stopped 
And then the Lord Jesus in me said, have the people pray. And so I walked around uh, among the congregation. I said, let's pray together. I really just felt to walk around them. But the people wouldn't, wouldn't do it. They, they just didn't respond. And I know you have to sometimes wait for the, for the presence of God on the people to, to make them willing and able for whatever the Spirit is asking. So I was just being sweet and patient and waiting, but nobody would do it. And then suddenly, this lady on the front row, very old lady and a very old man next to her, she started praying and the whole congregation, boom, prayed when she prayed. I thought, wow, who is that? to have that much power over this congregation that when she prays, everybody prays. So we've, we finished praying, the meeting was closed. I looked at that lady and I said, wow, that was a lot of grace you have here. She said, my husband and I started this church so many years ago, so many years, like 60 years ago. I mean, they were very old in their late 80s, you know, and they started when they were young in their 20s. And I, I said, wow, what a privilege to meet the founders of this amazing congregation. And she started weeping and she said, Pastor Rock, this presence of Jesus that came tonight is what we need. We've come through so much pain. We've come through so much hurt. And I was so moved. And then all of a sudden, and this is a strange way of telling you this part of the story, this lady got up. So most of the people were sitting there still talking with each other. The meeting was over and some people had to go. And this lady got up and she spoke loud enough that she, I could feel she wants others to hear what she's saying. You know, in other words, she wasn't just talking to me. And she said, how can you say that we can live without sin? Do you think we can really live without ever sinning? And I could feel the spirit by which she was talking. I could not answer. That spirit doesn't want to know the truth. And I said to her, come, come, let's talk. So she came over and she was loud. She wanted everybody to hear what she had to say and said the same thing. And I could feel I cannot answer you because you can't hear. Your spirit will not accept the truth. And I said to her, read First John and then let's talk in the morning. And she said, no, no, tell me, are you saying? that you can live without sin every day. I said, I looked in her eyes. She said, you're looking at me. I said, yes, read First John. And then let's talk in the morning. And in first, and then the next morning, the Lord Jesus had me speak about his blood. And I had a phenomenal night. That's a whole nother story. I was up the whole night. I didn't go to sleep. I had the privilege to minister to some other people. And, and after I preached about the blood, she came again. But this time, and this is a very important point of this story, her spirit had changed. She looked at me with tears in her eyes. She said, Pastor Robert, I've read it. I've read it. I've done what you asked, but I can't see it. But I want to see this life. I want to see this life. And how glorious, glorious when the Lord has softened our hearts and made us willing to know this life that is given to us from the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, this life of the Son of God that comes to indwell us and liveth in us in all of its beauty. And I laid hands upon her and the Holy Spirit 
revealed this beautiful life in her. And oh my goodness, I was so happy. And I'll never forget it, that precious lady. She had been in so much pain because I cannot imagine being a Christian and not having this life. That would be torture. You have all the knowledge, but you have none of the fruit. You're near to divine, but you don't drink in its life. And God brings us into Christ, whom He has made unto us eternal life. And His life is unveiled in us. And this is one of the great, great powers of the gospel. Life in immortality is made manifest through the gospel. And here, I want you to see this in John chapter 5. And I want to read it to you, not just to give you a, a scripture or, or just a thought to contemplate, but to meditate and pray this and to believe that God uses you. Because He, the scripture says in Proverbs 10, 17, 10, 12, or 12, 17, or somewhere out there. He who is in the way of life becomes a way of life unto others. And look what Jesus says here. He says in verse 19 of John 5, The Son can do nothing of himself except what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does also in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you might marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives lives to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but he has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And when I read this, for as the Father, verse 21, raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He wills. Or it says here, as the Father has life in Himself, even so the Son has life in Himself. It says that here somewhere, right? And when I read those scriptures, it just came in me, Father, this is what I want to live for, to give life to the dead. People that are spiritually dead, people that feel cut off from God, people that don't know how to find God. This is the purpose Jesus was made manifest for First John chapter 5, verse 20 says, to help us find and know the only true living God and to know eternal life for Jesus Christ is God and He is eternal life. You read it there, 1 John 5, 20. And when I read these scriptures, it's like the loving Heavenly Father is saying, you are my son. These are the works of my son in heaven to impart eternal life to all those who come to me through him. And this is what the Heavenly Father wants to so empower us to do. This is what He wants to do. He wants us to give life to people, His life, the life of the Son of God. There are multitudes, dear friends. They don't know how to find God. They don't know what to do to connect with Him. And like any of us, they have made their mistakes and often they are judged by their failures and they are held 
to ransom by them and in, and in many ways, like any of us, rightfully so, because some of those failures were terribly painful for the people that had to endure them. And, and, and so people are hurt or upset about it. But God doesn't want you to live in the shadow of your failures. He wants to wash them away with the, with the washing of His life. The Bible says we are saved. In Titus 3, we are saved by the washing of being made new inwardly through the Holy Spirit whom the Father gives to us generously through Jesus. This life, oh, I just, uh, I love the life of the Son of God and all of its nature and all of its character and all of its graces and gifts and blessings. It's amazing when you receive the life of Jesus, you receive all of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And He keeps giving it into us so that we may live and that we may become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself and have the richest measure of the divine presence, it says in Ephesians 3.19. Oh my goodness, what love, what indescribable love that Jesus gives his life into you and me and how he loves to see you and me live as he lives and give as he gives. Wow, this is what the world's looking for and this is what the world needs. That's what Romans 8 said. The world is groaning and travailing for the sons of God to be made manifest. What a time it is today that God would grant you and me to be the embodiment of His life, as it says, we are the body of Christ, and to make that life known through the grace of the gospel that we give to those we meet here and there and everywhere. Wow. It is absolutely wonderful to live this way. And this is what we're talking about all week. So I pray you join me. Have a good day and thanks for joining me. God bless.